And we are live. Watching No Softest with my friends, Stan Royce. All the best, Trifilara. Edo, welcome to another edition of the No Softest podcast on the OLB. Um, don't forget to like, subscribe, tell your nuna. Um, this is going to be a review of Omonia's away victory at Ayal, at Sirio. Um, I'm still, I've got Roy here. How are you doing, Philemon? I'm fine, man. I'm fine. Thanks. Um, it was a, a stressful but a very important win today for us. Um, obviously, it's a continuation of, of the improvement we've seen the past month or so. The performance in general wasn't as good as I expected, but at this point, uh, I'm not too fast about how the victories come even though i can't pinpoint some uh, good things we've done uh the reason you see me just a little bit down is because an event overshadowed the victory of ammonia and i think it should get the attention that it deserves and uh i don't want anyone to get me wrong or think that i'm just mentioning this on the pod because it's Diablo fans, but what happened earlier, uh, the game before we played uh, Apoel versus Paphos, we've seen not for the first time, and not just only from Apoel fans, just to be fair, and I'm, I'm sure they don't represent the majority of them, or at least uh, that's what I hope. Uh, the racist chants and the who is, is not only a luxury for our, our league, he's a player that played over 500 games and he's proved in these two and a half, three years that he's been here that he's never provoked anyone and he's uh, raised the level of Cypriot football. And uh, for us to continue doing these things and especially from a team that has African players in the team, to do it to someone else, the first people who should who should react to this is the Abuel players, the African players of Abuel, the players of colored in Abuel. This thing for me, I don't want to go into a lot of detail, but it just fucking bothers me a lot, man. It bothers me. We've got so many problems in our day-to-day -day life, okay? But there is no reason whatsoever for someone to do this. There is no reason whatsoever. I, I, don't, I don't know what they were thinking. I know Upwell fans think that they're by nature. I, I don't know what the fuck they think they are, who the fuck they think they are. But for me, what happened just fucking pissed me off, man. It fucking pissed me off. And, and I'm just going to stay here. I, I don't know. I, and I want to apologize to Punch for the reaction of these people. And I'm sure that there's a lot of 
Upwell fans who disagree. The majority of the Upwell fans disagree, and 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 they should make that clear, man. Yeah, um, I've got a lot to say about this, and the thing is, um, it, it it will take a lot of the podcasts. But here's the thing, as you quite rightly said, <clears throat> it, it wasn't all of the Upwell fans. It was a minority of them. Yeah, and we know that they've got previous. We've seen the, the Nazi flags, haven't we? And the thing is, we have, we have this problem in England. So I'm not going to turn around and say that this is a, just, just a Cyprus problem. For me, I'm embarrassed. No. Because, you know, we talk about Rezili, right? We hear it happening in different countries. We hear it in, in, in Hungary. We hear it happening in all different countries. And I'm not saying it doesn't exist in Cyprus. I'm not saying it doesn't exist anywhere else but for it to be so blatant and for the fact that punch actually had to come out and say it shows you how bad it was i don't care if it's one person a hundred people a thousand people it's wrong it is wrong on so many levels okay and you know i i, I messaged punch straight after the well when when i found that because it was you and chris that told me in the because i didn't know anything about it and you showed me the, the link from Thema Sports and they, they put it up on, on their website. And I messaged Punch. I'm like, Punch, I'm so sorry, man. I'm so sorry because while the Abuel fans do, that did it do not represent us as people, they represent us as Gibre, right? And as I said, it's not as if this doesn't happen. I'm sure it happens at every stadium. I'm sure it happens at every stadium. But the fact that it happens... The fact that it happens and the fact that it's come to the point where he had, he had to say something about it. And you know what? Damn right. I'm glad that he did. And so I'm also glad what he said is that it galvanised his teammates for them to want to play. But as you said, Roy, as you said, up well, I've got black players. Vinicius, um, Nadel, that's got the penalty. Ndongala, that's three. So how, what, what are they thinking? What are they thinking? It's absolutely disgusting, right? And we listen, let's put everything aside for, for you know, Abuel's behaviour off the field and other things that, that have happened with Gop and this and that. We won't talk about the, the re rescheduled fixture because that's nothing in comparison to this. Are UEFA going to do something about it now? Are they going to do something about it? Or what are they going to do? Make them play behind closed doors? Because that, that, that's that's the normal punishment. Oh, you don't get to play in front of your fans. So what? They didn't have any fans in the stadium today, did they? Apart from the, those cunts that were making those noise. So what what punishment is it? What, were you going to fine them? Give them 20,000 euro fine? What are they going to do? Nothing. Probably this is nothing. what happens. This is what happens. There, there is... The, the thing is, they talk about solving racism. No, say no to racism. And UEFA do these lovely videos and get these players saying no to racism and that kind of shit. But nothing's done about it, really. But you know, I'm a Charlie, but I see myself as a Gibran. When I see that happening, that's Androbin, man. That's Rezili. I've got black friends. I wouldn't dare. I, 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 I've got no reason to do that. I'm telling them now this, is, this shit is happening in Cyprus. This shit is happening in Cyprus. Hey, it doesn't matter if you. Hey, it doesn't matter, man. Wherever you're from, it doesn't matter. That, that's exactly. What, but as I was saying, it doesn't, it doesn't matter it doesn't where you're matter. from. It's happening. 
you're black, you're white, you're yellow, you're Chinese, you're Serbian, whatever. It doesn't matter. It, it, it doesn't matter. Why are you different? You're not different. You're not different. It reminds me of, I don't know if, if you, uh, a very old advert from Benetton. It was like a toilet and it showed like a Chinese guy, a black guy, an Asian guy, and whatever from different continents. And everyone was going to the toilet and then it showed the toilet. It says it's all the same shit, man. So it's all the same shit. There's no fucking point. I, I, for me, it goes to another level. I don't understand why the color of the skin of someone or, or makes him less or more of, of, a, of a person, man. It's simple as that. For me, it's, it's, it's very simple in my mind. It's, it's absolutely disgusting, man. It's uh, it's disgusting. No, no, listen, not not listen. As I said, it happens everywhere. It happens everywhere. But I think because it's close to home, that's that's what kind of. Do I mean? You hear about it, yeah, that's what it is. And I punches my friend as well. Do I mean? And listen, he's got Cypriot friends. And you know, he's I know that he's not thinking, oh, they're all the same. I know he's not thinking that because clearly we're not all the same. But he said in his in his press conference or post-match uh, interview, 500 games there, and he's never done has been subjected to it. And then he comes to Cyprus after two, three seasons, Edo. It's disgusting, man. It it's is disgusting. Man. It is. And I'll tell you what, there's someone that I know called Troy Townsend. Right, who works for Kick It Out, and he's doing a fantastic job spreading awareness. His son Andros is half Cypriot. Yeah. Right. So, how do you think? Looking at that, what has Jamie and Andros is friends with Punch? They're, they're playing together at Crystal Palace. The Brazilian man, Androbi, they should be disgusted with themselves. Absolutely disgusted with themselves. That's, that's the thing, Refile. Some, some people think that they're by nature, uh, better human beings. And uh, it's just, FLA, it's just disgusting. It's just disgusting. And and um, it, it overshadows anything that happened. I mean, I don't know. Um, if Punch is watching or he's going to watch it, I'm, I'm sorry, Punch, for what you had to experience and witness. But I'm pretty sure he knows that uh, that minority doesn't represent even 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 if I want to be fair in the Abuel fans as well, but there are some people who are radical who are extreme, and uh, it's society's uh, problem to deal with. But we shouldn't shut up. We shouldn't shut up. Because this is ignorance. This is just, for me, it's ignorance. It's ignorance for something that by chance you so happen not to, <clears throat> to be. Whether that be because you you weren't born a few kilometers away or because, you know, mm. I, 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 I can't say it in any better way just because... Yeah. You you were born somewhere that doesn't make you any better, okay? So fuck that. And treble the mutra dos man. Nothing to do with it because, like I said, to punch. Even if it was our fans doing it, I'd say the same thing. 
we wouldn't do such a thing, I feel like. We, what, but, we, we yeah, but, but what I'm saying is, if that happened with our fans, we'd condone them as well. It's not because it's them. If it was Ayel, Ayek, whoever, our fans, if it happened, we'd still be talking about it. So I don't want to hear any of these, these idiots saying, oh, it's because you, you know, you're getting one up. It's got nothing to do with one-upmanship. Nothing at all. It's all about humanity. Yeah? yeah. All about humanity. It's disgusting. Disgusting. Anyway, I'd let's do let's do this show. Let's 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 do the show about our game because you know what? As you said, it is it's overshadowed a good victory away from home, you know. And um, to be honest, right, I, I've got no complaints about the performance at all. Um, there were a couple of difficult moments where they had a few, a couple of little half chances. The one at the beginning, uh, the header, yeah. which was Zoha saved, them, one at the end from Santos. But all in all. I think it was a controlled performance, very well disciplined. But the thing is, it seemed that Ayel wanted to make it a, a fight. You know, there, there were numerous instances where our players were getting kicked left, right and centre. And the referee was happy to let some of you go. And I tell you what, if it was a different referee or maybe another day, I think Ayel would have probably had four players sent off. Okay, I, I think that there's a, a, a bit of a dose of exaggeration because a referee, I think the way he starts the game, he should continue up until the end. So if the referee decided at the beginning of the game he wanted to let the physical game go on, then okay, because you can't start the game trying to sort of say as as in let it be physical you can't change that saying that yeah i like can understand the fact that they, they are one of the most physical teams in the league they have been like that last year i mean i remember santos what he did to loizo last year when he stepped on his uh on neck. His throat, yeah. yeah yeah so uh, on his throat yeah on his throat so Okay, if you consider that that team hadn't scored a goal in four and a half games, today it was five and a half games. They've been through so much pressure. They wanted to take it to physicality. And I can understand it to a certain extent. But at the time, they were overzealous and it seemed like they lost their shit and they tried to intimidate us. Luckily, we, we they didn't manage to do that. Uh but the game, the way I saw it, okay, is a a continuation of the improvement that we've been seeing since the Basel game at home. Uh, for me, the performance wasn't as solid or as um, energetic and convincing as I wanted. But on the other hand, I I have no complaints whatsoever. Because at this point, what I care is for us to get the points and, and, and narrow the gap between the, the teams on top of us. And I can understand how for us, psychologically, it's very difficult to play knowing that basically you're playing just to stay alive in the title race. On the other hand, uh, I think that we, we defended well. Uh, most of the players that stood out for me were, were defensive players rather than uh, players further up the field. 
we we were i'm not going to say lucky well, to, be honest, to, be, to be honest mate as i said they, they only had two chances so i think yeah but how many did we have no well we had the the goal we had the chance early from shepa which hit the outside of the post we had the chance from dura the half chance we had the shot from loiza which was in your safe um there was a foddy yeah. the other chance yeah okay all, all all in all okay i'm not saying we didn't deserve to win the game I'm not saying that uh, by no stretch of uh, imagination, but um, I, I just said that we had against us a team that hadn't won, hadn't scored in four and a half games. And um, seeing the performances we had the recent weeks uh, and uh, bearing in mind that we scored not an early goal, but towards the end of the first half, I thought that we would have more space to hit them on the counter-attack. The, the, the substitutions Berg made were good. I, I sort of I agreed with the... Even though I thought maybe Zahari would have helped if he came in on a bit earlier. But there's no complaints. We defended well. We controlled the game. We were, we were in control of the game. Even though, okay, we didn't dominate. We didn't... Uh, we weren't really threatened throughout the, the whole game. But it just reminds me of something I used to say last year a lot. When the goal difference is just on one goal, anything can happen. And I all had a couple of half chances or, you know, the chance towards the end, which, you know, when it's just one nil, anything can happen. At the end of the day, happy for the three points, happy for the clean sheet, happy for the... Um, the character we showed as a team because it wasn't going to be easy to go away from home and beat Ael. And, uh, you know, the, the players, even, even though there were some players who I thought didn't play at the top of the level, uh, I can't blame anyone for not trying to. It's just that, you know, uh, some players, uh, something I want to say, and, and I know a lot of people uh, are going to tell me it's because you're mates with Chepa, but Chepa does singleonistic or similar. He tracked back into our defense, not, not the midfield, not outside his comfort zone. He, he, he stole the ball. He was, he was hustling. He was pushing. He was... He, he was Defensively, Chepa today was uh, he helped the game a lot. Shew uh, was very good, I think, as well. The the duo in the back, Lang and, and Hubo were good. Uh, Jan scored the goal. Uh, Jordi in the first half, I thought he was the only one who who controlled the game in midfield because I didn't think Mix. and Babulis did a lot in the first half. So mm -hmm. I think. Uh, uh, Jordi was very, very good, especially the first half. But even in the second, um, okay, Loizos, most of the players did well defensively and tactically, not so much going up. I don't know. Uh, this is my initial impression of the game. Maybe you can tell me your opinion. Um, the thing is, I lined up pretty much the same way as they've done most of the season 4-1, 4-1. And the opening 15 to 20 minutes, I'd say, 
a lot of our attacks were down on our right-hand side. We, we rarely went on the left. Now, I don't know whether that was intentional or whether IL kind of forced us to the right-hand side. Loiza was practically on the touchline most of the time on the ball. And Santos was very tight on him. And I think it goes back to what we said about last season when he, he stepped on his throat. I think he felt that like he could rough him up a bit. But then he got that early yellow card and then he, he, he kind of you know, took a couple of yards back and stayed well clear of him in case he, he, he uh, got a second yellow. But um, I, I think what surprised me most about Isle, especially first half, was their lack of pressing. It's almost as if every time our back four had the ball, they were reluctant to do it. I know they had Chavez up front on his own. And when we had the ball in, in our half, especially in our, th our final third, in our third, shall I say, it's almost like it was a 4-3-2-1, but the press wasn't there. So we had so much time to pass the ball across. I don't know whether that was practically their idea. Don't press because if they got the ball in their half, what are they going to do with it? And there was a few yeah. occasions where we put the ball over the top and it, it, it didn't work. But I think what made the massive difference was Johnny's and Lois or their movement in wide areas. Because we saw at certain periods, especially in the, the back end of the first half, Johnny's would be tucking in exactly what Thiago would be doing last season. He'd be making those diagonal runs, which enabled Jan to make uh, yeah. the runs down the line. But what shocked me most about Ael wasn't the lack of pressing, was the zonal marking for our goal. Now, we've been saying for weeks how we don't, we don't threaten much from set pieces. And in fact, prior to the goal, we had two corners and they were terrible. In fact, it was three. Yeah. Two hit the first man, didn't get sorry, didn't clear the first man, and the third one went out for a, for a goal kick. He curled it over the bar. But when it came to Jordi's side, where he took it, I'll tell you what, if I'm Kerkes, I'm losing my shit here, man. Because apart from Vazinha, yeah. no one went for the ball. If you watch it again, if I had time, I would have I would have ripped the actual uh, the footage and, and show it. But anyone watching now, when you get the chance, watch it on YouTube. The marking was all right from a zonal perspective. They they had their men in, on the on the goal line, on the six yard box, on the front and back stick. It was set up nicely, but when yeah. that ball came in, it's almost as if someone pressed the 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 pause button on their defenders, <laughs> and they just stood it, there. And it was only Vasilya that went for the ball. Spot on, spot on. I, I agree. I, I was telling my, uh, I had some friends over here, and I was like. Man, if we conceded such a goal, I'd be fucking gutted, man. I'd be fucking gutted. It was terrible. It was, it was, it was horrible. terrible. Yeah. And don't forget, this is a team who, for the past few weeks, as you said, haven't been scoring goals, but they've looked threatening from set pieces. Corners, yeah. free kicks. So they've got men that can head the ball. They're a tall team as well. If you look at yeah. them, man for man, they're, they're big boys. They're over six foot. And only the goalkeeper. And even, even Vozinha going for it. Look, he's a clown. I've said it on numerous occasions, but he should have done a lot more. That being said, what could he have done if his defenders aren't going for it? I don't know whether they were too scared in case he'll deflect and go in for an own goal. I don't know, but mate, Gerkes, look, he, he's got to be saying something to those defenders. Anyway, yeah. um, I just want to mention something else in, in terms, from, from Ayala's perspective. There's two things, apologies, two things. Yeah. I counted certain phases where they passed the ball, right? There were some occasions where they passed the ball six times before losing it, four times, two times, seven times, eight times. The most 
where they got a, a passage of play was 13 passes was when Chavez had a shot, which was hardly threatening. But a, a team that can't string 15, 16 passes, that's bad. And most of their passes were across their back line as well. So that tells me they had nothing creatively yeah. going forward. That, that, that was the first thing. The second thing, which again surprised me, they only started playing in the 58th minute when they made those three changes. Why Torres was on the bench is beyond me. Now, I don't know whether he's got a lack of form, but he seems to be their main their main guy from a midfield perspective. And to bring him on with half an hour to go, that's when they started playing, when they stretched the game where Yorio, a wide left, Mazurek had a lot of space down our right-hand side, but they weren't utilising that. They were trying to get us in the flanks. But that was it. They, they lacked ideas, they lacked creativity. I don't know what's happened to Riera. I don't know what's happened to him. He's dreadful. He, his form has dipped so much. Um, like I said, Yorio... I'm surprised he stayed on the pitch with that challenge on on Yordi. It was absolutely disgusting. Yeah. It was it was yeah. it was late. It was dangerous. There was no control. Don't even get me started on Rizevsky because he should have gone. He clattered Shepard twice, and then he did another one. And I don't know how he was on the pitch. There was another one from Belair on Johnny's where he stepped on his ankle and then he's kicked him. How he stayed on the pitch there, but the one for me was Santos. He's clotheslined Gabuli, literally clotheslined him. And he stayed on the pitch. So it's four players that could have gone. Yeah, just keep them on. Yeah, I I, I agree. I agree uh, that um, what I was going to say, if, if, if we're talking a little bit about AL now, is that um, I don't know whether that's a result of, of, of the bad results they had the last uh, month or so. Because uh, obviously, okay... Ayl has what characterized Ayl the last couple of years was, amongst other things, the physicality. And maybe they wanted to take the game there. You also mentioned that at times, uh, Omonia, we should be cunts, you know, and bastards in the game. Maybe they thought that they wanted to bully us or... Well, there there was one incident when Lang took out one of their players and got a yellow card. And I thought, ah, that's more like it. That's more like it. Maybe they wanted to intimidate us. Maybe that's where the, they, they wanted to take the game there. Oh, but on the other hand, that's also a sign of uh, lacking Iremia. Um, they were lacking. You can't. You, you can't possibly play. And, and uh, as well, you're thinking, is, has Kerkes uh, lost... Uh, the, the dressing room has has he lost the the influence he has on some players he, he can't inspire the team anymore it's very difficult to be behind and and, and we witnessed this uh, not not long ago when the first seven games we lost four of them we also were negative we also had doubts about some of the players we also thought you know what's going on okay maybe some were a little bit more um positive that things were going to change and had faith in the manager and the players. But saying that, it was something that, you know, and, and we've mentioned that, especially in Cyprus, when you lose a game, uh, you don't have a balance and you don't have a clear mind to, to sort of see what you've done right or wrong and, and what is a result of, of, of previous games. 
because here we, we are trying to sort of talk about again and, and isolate it, but you can't ignore what's happened in the previous three, four, five games. And what the, the way you play today maybe is, is a result of the frustration and the lack of the results that you haven't had in previous games. And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm happy today with the result Omonia had. It's because I at this point, I don't give a shit how good or bad we are. I just want to get closer to them. And once I do get closer to them, that's where I'm going to step up a gear. And something we have to mention as well, 2,000 Omonia fans on the stands. Next game, it's going to be a lot more. It's going to be when we play against Daek, I'm not expecting less than 10,000 people on the stands. Okay, we've got the game with uh, the last game with Kairat on Thursday. But I think that this is the point where the Omonia fans should get into the equation and show to everyone. So that's it. What Just give it? me one, one second, Resto. Just one second. Yeah, no worries. You got our talk. Now, Gobelia, um, there's something I wanted to, to discuss with Roy, but maybe you guys can, can tell me what you think about it. And there's a comment made. Uh, where was it? I'm just going to try the, the, this one from a band. <laughs> Lovely. Happy we didn't see. I'm happy we didn't sit deep and defend after we scored. Now, to be fair, I think defensively, as Roy said earlier, we were fantastic. And especially in the middle of the park, uh, we had control of the ball. There were occasions where, you know, you're thinking maybe a couple of players might panic. There was one incident at the end when Mazarek broke through and, and uh, Shehu kind of shepherded him out of the way. And I think it just shows that these, these European games, like, like we said last season, these European games, Roy, is a yeah. massive learning curve for many players, be it younger or older players. Because yeah. today, I think for, from a, a systematic point of view, we went 4-4-2. But we went 4-4-2 in attack and in defence, and we kept yeah. that shape. There were there were many occasions in the game, especially second half, when I were getting forward, we had 11 men behind the ball, and we blocked them off in every area. There was a few stages where the ball fell on the edge of the box, and we had four players surrounding two. So there was nowhere for them to move the ball. And this is it. I think... Henning Bird doesn't get enough credit from a tactical point of view. And I, I don't know whether it's just Henning. Maybe it's obviously the backroom staff and, and the analysts as well, which, which, which you know, they, they deserve their flowers. But I think, you know, it, we're going back to the to last season when we were conceding few goals. Another clean sheet today. We didn't concede that many opportunities. Uh, I can't remember how many corners we gave away, but I, I, I don't think it was that many. It wasn't as if it was a flurry. You know, there's sometimes during games where... They'll get a corner and then they'll get another one and then the ball will go to the other side and they'll get a corner from the other end. And what it happens, it didn't happen with us. Our players didn't look uh, nervy. They were they were comfortable on the ball. Yan and, and uh, sorry, Hubechan and, and um, Lang, comfortable on the ball, rarely pressed. And Uzoha, the one thing I will say that I really liked from him, do you see the shit housing in injury time <laughs> where, he, where he fell on the ball? And he was like, uh, I think that's something he learned from up well last season, man. <laughs> the elite shit housing was absolutely brilliant. But look, Jan scored again, his second goal of the season in the league. Another goal from the set piece. 
Yep. Did it against uh, Karabakh in Europe? Yeah, he did it against, against Karabakh. He scored the winner against Doxa. He created the own goal against Paphos when he crossed the ball and the defender of Paphos just, okay, he clipped it in, whatever, he tried to stop it and it went in. So, yeah, maybe assist-wise, Jan is not giving the assists he, we were used to last year, but at least he's getting on the score sheet. He's, yeah. he's probably our second um, goal scorer of the season. Is there anyone who scored more than two? I think Fodi scored two, Chepa scored two, Jan scored two, and then, uh, yeah, so... But we're getting goals from all over the pitch. That's important. But the other, the other important thing that we haven't discussed is, I know it's going to sound really boring for people, but... The state of the pitch, man. When you see that ball rolling, we couldn't play a game. I don't think either team could play a, could play a game because of the way that it's almost as if they let the the grass grow and they didn't cut it. Have, have yeah. they had any rain in Limassol this week? Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. The the weather has been a bit fucked up, so that probably didn't help as well. Especially bearing in mind if if, if they let the the grass grow and there's a lot of rain as well. It didn't. It doesn't help the the more skillful teams, but it doesn't help the gameplay overall. But uh, especially the team that goes there with an intention to 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 play a passing game and control the game, it, it doesn't really help. It, it it looked like they they cut the middle of the pitch through the yeah. middle, but not the not the wide areas. And I think that they probably thought that. We will try to get them in wide areas and play those slide rule passes. And when the pitch is, when the grass is longer, the ball doesn't yeah. roll as quick. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if if that might have happened. But okay. What did you make of Johnny's performance today? Because I was very impressed, especially second half. He he showed glimpses of. Do you remember last season when we played the IL and we beat three 0 at home? Do you remember when yeah. the, the first goal that Ernest scored when Johnny's was on the, yeah, the sideline and he, he dropped his yeah. shoulder and went past a defender? He was doing yeah. that a lot today. And again, that, that shows me that his confidence is, is coming back. What yeah. do you reckon? Okay. Uh, I think tactically, uh, everyone was very dedi dedicated to what Mr. Berg wanted from them. But when you consider uh, the players further up the field, like the attacking midfielders or the wingers, uh, you expect from them something a bit more from an attacking perspective. I wasn't so pleased either with Fodis or Loizos or Jonis or Chepa. I wasn't. But defensively and tactically, they and as far as the they were spot on. Generally, Jonis is a player who, together with the rest of the team, and not just him, has been improving. I think the fact that he's getting more minutes as well has helped his confidence because Unlike other players who it was just a matter of physical condition, I think it seemed to be like Jonis was lacking the confidence as well and his psychology seemed to drop for reasons not only related to his physical condition. I'm not saying that 
he started off and 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 he was in in such a condition where he could but slowly but steadily he's he's going back to the player we knew he's got a lot of potential for me he's a lot of people say that Loizos is our biggest asset, but for me, Jonis is, is close to him. And he's a lot more ready, and he's a starting 11 uh, material. He's matured. He's, he's This is his, probably his fifth season playing first-team football. And I really believe in Jonis. And overall, like I said, he had a good game. I, I saw the intention of him to to be more direct to attack whether from the line or or na singlini mesa mestimberio hi alla yen yen nigaidan simmeramnya mesti nya it was a, a mature performance a professional win and uh, at this point I'm I'm more than happy to to get that win adi i i if I played a lot better, I, I, I don't remember if I mentioned this on the last podcast or if it was when we were talking together on the phone that I said it. In the first round, the, there have been circumstances or a couple of games where we were lucky. We didn't play well, but we were lucky. For example, with Doxa, with Pafos to get the own goal. And at this point, I'm worried that we might play better, but not have the luck. And this is what made me worry about today. That, okay, we control the game, but I was, when it's just a marginal difference of one goal, I'm, I'm always a little bit, you know, concerned that, you know, luck is going to turn his back on us. And it was good that we won. And uh, like I said, o- overall, it's... Uh, uh, who's, who's your MVP of the game, Aspune? Who's your MVP of the game? Για μένα MVP σήμερα, ξέρεις ποιος ήταν ο Μπέρκ. Yes, with his substitutions and everything. Um, oh, it's, it's difficult to say. And the reason why I say is because I, I think Shehu again was fantastic at right back. Yeah. Barely put a foot wrong. Yeah. Langenhuber-Chan, solid. You know, Lesiak didn't do anything wrong. Jordi was controlled. Mix was okay. Mix yeah. was okay. He didn't have a great game, but he, he, he did well. Shepard I expected well. Bashiru to come in. Uh, in the second half, I, I expected we'll, Bashiru we'll to come in. I, I thought Bashiru would have helped the game. No mizo But do you know what? There's, there's a comment here. And uh, my MVP is actually this lad that he's going to mention. Stavro says, is it just me that thinks Loizo is really average bad the last month? Can't beat people one-on-one, gets pushed off so easily. I don't know, needs to start stepping up. For me, he was my MVP. Loizo. Yeah, and I'll tell you why. Because <clears throat> we, we we forget that he's he's still a teenager. We And do you know what? You heard my comments about him earlier on mm. in the season and how I wasn't happy with his performances. But I think today... He was positive on the ball. He was looking to beat players. He wasn't trying anything impossible. It's almost as if, you know, something's clicked in his head that, you know, you can't beat four or five players. He was doing the basics right. He was tracking back. There was one moment where he ran 40 yards to track the wide man. And when he went off, did you see his kit? It was brown. 
because he was mm. constantly being kicked left, right, and center. And do you know what? That shows maturity. He didn't he didn't react. There was one occasion when when Santos fouled him and and John, and the Loiza was was giving it to him as well, but he didn't yeah. react. He wasn't petulant. He wasn't kicking out. He wasn't. And again, he's showing signs of maturity. Granted, he has he did that performance against Antwerp was the best I've ever seen him. Yeah, yeah, at home, right? That's the best I've ever seen. But we can't expect him to do that week in week out. But I think today, yes. from an overall style, from from a, from a performance in general, he was my best player. And I think, and I'm giving him that because, as I said, he's showing signs of growth. I could, I wanted to give it to Johnny's. But I think when you look at how Loizo has evolved, especially in recent weeks, he's improved a lot. As I said weeks ago, defensively, he needs to improve. And he's doing that. All right, he's not getting stuck in and putting in challenges. But as we saw against Basel, I know, you know, Dura was a little bit of a, a minder, a little bit of a, a, bit of a you know, bodyguard for him. But again, he's showing signs of improvement. And I, I, I can't... I've got nothing negative to say about the lad in, in recent weeks because I think he's been brilliant. Oh, we've got Karabag Quarab- fan here. Hello. How are you? Merhaba, mm-hmm. as the Tur- mm-hmm. Turks say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you got some Dashaks to be coming on the show right now. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> we've got ones here, Yordi and, Yordi and Uzoho. Yordi was commanding like a proper captain in Uzoho's security and insurance. Fabi's got competition. Well, look, I, I don't think it's any... Um, I, I, I don't think Fabi's place or in, in the team is in any doubt. But Uzoha came in and you saw the, the video that I made that I was a bit surprised. I was a little bit upset to, to see him. Not to, not because he came, but because it, it was a bit of a confusing signing. But again, I've been proved wrong, which I'm, I'm glad. Um, and I think he's been brilliant since coming in. Has, has he had a bad game? I don't, I don't think he has. I, you know how I, what I said about when we signed with Zoho, even though, okay, um, I'm going to go ahead and say this. When uh, Zoho left Omonia, I was gutted because I, I think the, the first season where Zoho started off the season and then he got injured and then we signed, uh, uh, was it Pantelimon and uh, Fabi? Yeah. yeah, we signed Fabi and then Pantelimon. I believed in Zoho a lot. Obviously, after his injury and seeing going to up well, that sort of put yeah, me off true. a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you saw the season of Fabi had last year, for me, Fabi was top, top, top. Probably, yeah. When we, when we signed yeah. Zoho uh, in the summer, I told a friend, it's as if, you know, it's summer, you want to go to the beach and you haven't got swimming trunks. And you go to the market and you find a fucking skiing jacket and you buy it because it's on offer. And you're like, oh, you know, I came here to buy swimming trunks and I end up buying a fucking jacket for skiing just because it's on offer. <laughs> so that's how I saw it. But... That's the best analogy I've ever heard. Ever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. In, in fairness, okay, I, I, I feel secure, but for me, Fabi, Fabi is, is on a different level. And I agree, he, but you see, this is the thing. Sorry to interrupt you, right? But here's, here's the thing that we need to... It's just hit me now, light bulb moment, click. You know, um, 
Fabio was MVP last season, not just for Amoni, but for the whole league. Yeah. Right? He got the award. So yeah. for Uzoha to come in and effectively replace him to, to, to stand in, that's big pressure, man. Forget yeah. the size of the club. That's big pressure. And he, he's just coming. And, and to be honest, man, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you guys for now. I spoke to Matt after we signed Uzoha. And he said to me, still, he, he's a cracking goalkeeper. Now, for Matt Derbyshire to tell me that Uzoha is a cracking goalkeeper, having played with someone like Brad Friedel, you know, who's one of the mm-hmm. Premier League's best ever goalkeepers, I'm going to listen to Matt Derbyshire, bruv. <laughs> I'm going to keep my mm-hmm. mouth shut. And there you go. No, but there, there was no doubt. I mean, he's an international for Nigeria. Nigeria's got... <laughs> yeah, what else? <coughs> he's a Nigerian international. Nigeria is one of the biggest countries in Africa, if not the biggest after, I don't know, Egypt maybe. I mean, population-wise. And But uh, I can still see that he hasn't gained uh, his his. his I'm not going to say his confidence, but he's not as explosive. He's not as fast. He's not as decisive. Like in the, the first few minutes, there was a couple of times when he should have been a bit more decisive when they crossed the ball. That The chance that Riskeski missed the header. I and thought there was, one, there was the one against, uh, against uh, Aris where the ball was yeah, back hasn't been his heart. <laughs> if he looks two yards that side, he's an uncle. <laughs> yeah, you, you still see that he has to to improve, gain more confidence. But saying that, I'm very happy. And uh, without wanting to be unfair either to Banayi or Kiriagidis or Casper, I feel a lot more comfortable having Francis and Fabi as number one and two or two or one. Because uh, for me, like I said, Fabi is number one. He's got that shit on lock. But if, like something happens to Fabi like it did now, eh, I'd rather have uh, Francis there. And uh, he's young. He's a prospect. He's a potential. He's got a lot of potential. He can bring a lot of money to the club as well. So it was, uh, you know, in retrospect, it's, 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 it was a very good move, move to sign Francis back and get him, you know, a lot spend a lot less money that we would have if we wanted to sign him last year. So thank you, Abuel, for paying for Francis. Thank you very much. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, Is there so anything else? I'm just trying to think. We're on 46 minutes. Yeah, Is yeah, there... yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to think. Yeah, there's a question. And I, I, do you know what? I'm sure we're going to do a show on this soon anyway. But um, what were we saying about the tra- January transfers? Hmm. For me, definitely a number 10 and a fast, strong striker. Um, I don't know if it's worth just doing a show based on transfers after after Christmas or before the the window opens. But there's six games in 21 days. So I think we're going to be overloaded with podcasts. We've got one scheduled for Monday as well with a mystery guest. Who we're not, and we've got a yeah. special one coming soon, which we need yeah. to arrange the, the day to record. Because that yeah. one that we're going to do is going to be one of the funniest podcasts ever. Ever, but it's, um, it, yeah, it's 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 a matter of we've we've reached a point where we've got so much on our plate that we we have to see what we have to do and when because obviously with the games coming thick and fast, you know, we we, we have the match 
reviews, but at the same time, we're preparing things. We've got special guests like Stelstead. We're, we're trying to prepare a, a Christmas special. We've got some other guests who are willing to come for like a, a season review of the first round. Uh, There's going to be a lot of content. So hit that guzuni on the thing, the little bell, right? Badado. That little clitoris. In Gambana. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm on fire today, oh, man. Mate, mate. See, you've taken my... He's rubbing off on you now. <laughs> You're coming out of your shell, mate. Um, let, let, let's do this really briefly then. Because we, we discussed this over the phone the other day. And, you, you know, we were saying we should have just done a podcast on it. But... There's something I forgot to consider. Uh, uh, yeah. what well, he he's in the squad officially, isn't he? So he is he taking up a, a foreign place? No, but I think he's under 22. So uh, I, I don't I don't know what the deal is um, in in such a case because I think in January when you sign a player, no matter the age, uh, you have to replace. But if Casper, we let Casper go. I don't know if we can replace Casper with a player that's over twenty-two. Right. Okay. It's okay. it's a bit tricky for you me. You can replace him with a player that's under 20, 21, Sorry. Mm, even 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 that, I'm not sure. Even that, I'm not sure. Okay. Well, there's there's uh, a question here. Uh, what's your opinion on EI? Why is he not even being playing as a sub? And I think that just goes back to something you and I discussed again the other day. I, well, should I say we, think he's probably the, the likeliest. Weakest link. Weakest link. Goodbye. Yeah, I think, that, yeah, that's, that's yeah, a bit harsh there, but <laughs> but I think I think that's that's what is most likely to happen. He'll go back to Hajduk split. It's, no, it's Dino Zagreb. Dino. Sorry, Dino Zagreb. And um, hopefully Ernest will get his spot back because he deserves it. He's back in training. Yeah. And um, we need that extra bit of pace and experience, don't forget. And, uh, yeah, I think that's the, the, the likeliest thing to happen. Uh, okay, if, if I may just uh, give my opinion about what I think of the transfer season. Go on. Uh, I'm going to try and be a bit general about it. I don't want to get into names and uh, stuff like that. What I can say is a few months ago, even though it would have been sad to see some of the players who gave us the title go, it was maybe a little bit easier to find some players that were candidates to leave in January for whatever reason, whether that be because of the confidence, whether because we thought the cycle is closed, maybe because of the rage, maybe because of the physical condition, maybe because they haven't didn't manage to gel with the rest of the team for various reasons. I think if we went back a month and a half, two months ago, we could have found some strong candidates to leave in January and bring someone else in. But see, what has happened since then is that all the players have stepped up. So I wouldn't want to be in Henningberg's position at the moment because... What we have to bear in mind, January is very, very, very difficult to find players who are going to come in and make a difference. And granted, yes, there have been examples in the past that players came in in January and they helped the team. 
Because unlike the summer transfer window, when you sign a player, let's say in mid-June, early July, even late July, and they go on a preseason and they play the friendly games and they've got, you know, four, five, six, seven games of the league to play and, and still they haven't gelled or they need to adapt, you still think that they've got a long way to go. But if, if you let some players go at this moment, and at this moment, I seriously don't know who I would let go to bring. I can tell you, yes, I'd like a number 10. I like someone as a num- as a box-to-box. Maybe I would have liked a centre-forward with different characteristics to the ones we have, even though I think I'd be very unfair to Chepa and Dura and Gagulis because the work ethic has been amazing, but they haven't been scoring the goals. So I think that... Um, we should just wait. We should just see because anything can happen. We 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 can go from nagorazume and desserispectes, os chenamenga when dibole. The idea of you yai aspumen chenar tuernes chenjason ganambechti. But the thing is, at the end of the day, is the result that counts. If we manage to continue the improvement we've we've been having the past month and a half, no one's going to complain. If for whatever chance. We, we start dropping points again, people are going to be complaining that we didn't sign players. So, again, keep calm. The thing about this, this number 10 situation that so many people mention and you know everyone's well within their rights to to give ideas and, and give their opinions for me i don't engada love all this fascination with having a number 10 if we sign a number 10 this number 10 has to be able to also play up front because we're not going to play four four one one right it's usually a four four two Foddy plays as the, as the second striker, doesn't he, with Shepa, like he did today, right? And he drops into that 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 number 10 role in behind the, the, the midfielders and the striker. So you need someone that can drift. Now, if we do sign a number 10, they need to be able to play more than one position because there are times where we play 4-4-2. There are times where we play 4-2-3-1. There are times where we're going to play a, a 3-4-2-1, like we did in, against um, Kairats. In the, yeah. in the Europa League. Forget who is out there for a second. Forget, you know. So, as I said, we need a player that's that's got variation, that's got variety. Now, if EIE goes and Ernest comes in, we know that Ernest could play wide left, wide right. He could play as a number 10. He could play as a second striker. So why do we need this emphasis on a number 10? There was all this talk about Zahid coming, right? Fantastic player. Don't get me wrong, but can Zaid play as a, as a second striker? Can he play wide left? Can he play wide right? He's a player very similar to Jordi in the sense that he can dictate the tempo. And yeah, he can start in a central midfield role. But why do we need to be talking about another central midfielder when we've got Jordi, we've got Bashiru, we've got Mix, we've got Asimenos, we've got Humbo? I think they they they're expecting a number ten, an old school number ten. Oh, and Gusu, by the way, and Gusu, by the way, 
we've got to mention him in central midfield and Daxi when he comes back. But okay. this is what I'm saying. Sorry. Yeah, but, the, the number 10, I think what at least that's what how I think of, of the number 10 in my head is that when people, Omonia fans talk about a number 10, Milusi Yanan, Vegarin by Jaskobi, old school number 10. Well, like a Zola or Skillful. Um, you know, he, he can be direct, he can dribble players. Maybe defensively, he's lacking Dinorexina uh, Namakari. He needs other players around him. So, someone who's going to make the game a little bit more sexy, you know? Kadalaba, but what I'm saying is, right, as, as, uh, as Six says, I'm going Roman numerals here. But the thing is, you need a number 10 just to be able to play different styles of system. So if we get a number 10, they need to do what Foddy does, for example, to be able to press from the front, to defend from the front. So when you talk about old school number 10, you talk about Bergkamp, you talk about Zola, you talk about all these other ones, yeah? Did they ever do that? No, they didn't. They didn't. So, you know, I, 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 I'm a little bit, not uncomfortable, but... It kind of grates on me when I, you know, you only know, scratch the the binaga, you know, you get that noise. Yeah, that's that's what it is when I hear we need a number ten. Well, why do we need a number ten? We we need someone to unlock games and ducks. You know, we we have had an issue when it comes to creativity, but let's be hundred percent honest. It hasn't been a major issue. Our major issue this season mostly has been a finding the back of the net because Shepherd struggled in the part. Well, this season because of the system that we've been playing. But as he said to us quite recently, he's happy with the style of play because he's able to drop deep and be more involved in the game. And I think he's been unlucky not to score goals. But the second problem has been conceding goals. I thought we said it at the beginning of the season, the goals that we conceded were just, that, that, that was unlike us. But we've, we, it seems that we've settled that issue. So I don't, look, while, while I appreciate people's feedback and I love it, you know, we need the number 10. Okay, that's your opinion. But for me, I don't think getting a number 10 is imperative. You know, I think a lot of people are looking for a number 10, like Nuno Assis. It's about the whole team and the way that we're playing. And see, this is it. Last season, let's take last season, yeah, Paradigma, right? Paradigma. Merci, Hamendon, Lesiak, so I was, I was making assists. Thiago was making assists and scoring goals. Shepo was scoring goals and assists. Loizo, it was a team. It was a collective now, if we bring in a number 10, obviously there's going to be a lot of emphasis on wanting them to, to contribute. But we can't bring in a number 10, for example, and change our system and change our style of play to accommodate this one player. Yeah. Do you yep. know what I mean? So... You, you, you hit the spot on. You're spot on. I, I think that... And, and even though I have been... Some of my favorite players in uh, for for Yenniga historically has have been players who have played number ten. I think especially Mr. Henningberg has proved in the three years he's been in Romania that he doesn't like players that are one dimensional and can just do one thing. And when some people say number ten, this is I think what they have in mind that they're skillful, that they're direct, that they want the game to to be around them, you know? But whereas Henningberg wants everyone to be involved, he wants to be, he doesn't like being one-dimensional. He, And yes, granted, at times the way we play is, is a bit boring, a bit slow, a bit predictable. But at the end of the day, most of the time, it 
it gets the job done. And uh, that's what's most important. But and we're going to have the opportunity to talk about uh, possible changes in the squad to the in the weeks to come and in the podcast we're going to have and Nahum and Bale, like I said, we're going to have some guests on Thursday. We're going to have the European game. Then we're playing against Dijk. So yep. I think we should take one game at a time. Don't forget that a lot of things change in a, in a transfer window from day to day. So έχουμε ακόμα σχεδόν ένα μήνα. Έχουμε πολλά παιχνίδια μες τον μήνα. Στο να συγκεντρωθούμε σε ζήντα παιχνίδια. Επειδή αν δεν καταφέρουμε να τα κερδίσουμε, we have to win our games. So in case we want to sign players in January, they're going to make a difference to win the title. Because if we if we sat behind the table 12, 13, 15 points behind, it doesn't fucking matter even if you bring fucking Ronaldo and Messi. So... <laughs> All right. Well, in closing, I'm very happy with the performance. I'm happy with the victory. We were up to fourth now. Um, yeah. Still a long way to go. Still going to, you know, so many tricky games on the horizon. And with uh, Abolon, top of the league at the moment, I think they're top, aren't they? Did they win? But yeah, Ayek winning 4-1, Matt scoring four times. That second goal, man, reminded me of Marco Van Basten. Did you see that turn and the, <laughs> the swivel? Disgusting. Yeah, yeah they got Ethan got tomorrow. Yes, you got to Flori! Does a favour, man. <laughs> but yeah, um, through with the performance, through with the win, on the right track again. And uh, yeah, anything else? Would you Would you like to add anything else? No man, I th- I think it was a, a a nice pod today. We we spoke about you know different things. We got the people involved. <laughs> Just a repetition of what I said: professional win, uh, clean sheet, uh, win away from from home against the uh, AL. We were cynical. We weren't really threatened. Uh, maybe I could have. I expected a little bit more defensively and tactically. We were very good. We we're in fourth position, but still a long way to go. We should see every game one at a time. Try to continue playing at a top level. And uh, I'll say this for now: if we manage to narrow the gap between the other title contenders. Teams are going to be shitting the fucking cells, especially if the Omonia fans staying behind the team mm-hmm. and getting to the equation as well. We should yep. show that we're behind the team. Yep. So, do the refile. There we go. Before we end it, before we end it, just to tell our viewers two things very quickly. Look out for a special pod coming soon because there's a possibility we've got a former Omonia head coach coming on the show. I'm not going to mention who he is, but I just need to confirm it. And secondly, if, God forbid, you see anyone in, in the Kekkires, right, giving racial abuse to any fans, 
smash them overhead with a bottle and make sure they don't get up again. Roy, do that bummer shillakum again, please. Bummer shillakum scowl and my very amount of shit and body banner on your account. Sorted. It's.